guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we sit down with Trey and Ashley, the founders of the kombucha company, Better Booch. Better Booch was born to create a local alternative for kombucha connoisseurs who preferred the small batch approach. From the first day selling at farmer's markets, Better Booch was a hit and quickly grew into one of the most prominent kombucha breweries in Southern California. Trey and Ashley's personal journey to kombucha began when both were enjoying successful careers as international touring musicians. Trey originally became interested in kombucha due to its alkalizing benefits from a recommendation by his sister who religiously consumed the beverage through her extensive and victorious bout with cancer. Together, Ashley and Trey believed they could create the best tea-based kombucha on the market. This love for kombucha, tea, and creativity also grew into a love for each other and Trey and Ashley married and now have a new baby. Better Booch is now a small family of passionate brewers dedicated to the craft of making kombucha of the highest quality. And on today's episode, we discuss all the health benefits of kombucha, career transitions, and partnership in and out of the workplace. Please enjoy. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're excited to get started. Um, we have never done an episode about kombucha, so and we're both big fans. Big fans. So, um, so to, just to get started, could you guys both tell us a little bit about your personal journeys in wellness, or how you came to even just sort of like know what kombucha was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, when I I really like started to pay attention to health and wellness after I um, started to learn how to cook Mm -hmm. for myself. And then um, shortly after I started cooking, I ended up going, um, getting picked up to go on the road. Um, And it's really hard to uh, eat healthy on the road, as I'm sure you know. Um, So, you know, I was in this position where I was having to be do this job that was very physical, running around and singing, and, um, you know, I was a backup singer for Rihanna, I should probably mention that to give context. Um, so the show was super physical, a lot of cardio, it was two hours long, wow. and so in order to feel up to doing that every night, I had to eat healthy, mm. and um, so that's when I really started paying attention to the differences that I felt when I maybe didn't eat great one day, I would feel it. It was pretty apparent. Mm. So yeah, so that's when I started really paying attention to health. And then um, I actually learned about kombucha even before that, probably like, um, maybe it was would have been like 10 or 12 years ago. Um, 
I started, or maybe even longer, like 12 years ago, um, I was drinking it because of some friends of mine were drinking it. And at the time, it was not a good reason to be drinking it. Mm -hmm. I, I was drinking it because uh, somebody told me it was like um, a good meal replacement, which <laughs> I, I don't recommend. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, but yeah, you know, being a, a young woman in Los Angeles, I don't know, for some yeah. reason I thought that was a good idea. And, um, but I kind of choked it down because I didn't really love the taste mm -hmm. of what was available at the time. So came back to it many years later. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I journey into wellness. Well, I, I basically didn't know what wellness or eating healthy was until I met Ashley. Probably. <laughs> I didn't know what kombucha was, but similarly, like I found it not really because of, um, I thought it would be, uh, I mean, I knew it was healthy, but back then it was almost marketed as this homeopathic like uh, panacea where it was like made your skin glow, mm -hmm. made your hair grow back and made your, um, you know, it just had like, you know, treated cancer. There's all kinds of stuff on the internet about this beverage that made it so almost like mythical. It was mm -hmm. like all these, this powerful antioxidant drink. And so, um, I tried it a similarly first experience ironically was um, I bought a bottle, came home, and it overfoamed on me <laughs> in the part like in my driveway, and then it, half of it went down the sink when I ran inside, and it was just a bad first experience, and I kind of wrote it off. Um, and uh, I, I happened to live next to a, a green shop. I lived in Nashville, Tennessee at this point, mm. doing music as well, and there was this green shop literally next door to me that did organic soaps and organic, you know, whatnots, and and they did a how to brew kombucha class on a Saturday once. And mm. I was like, well, maybe it just piqued my interest. I don't even really know why. And then mm. I, I started brewing it myself and found that it could be much more uh, palatable that way. And um, then I met Ashley and um, we were both, you know, looking to get off the road a bit and looking for a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. Mm. I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. So what was like, the moment you guys met each other, you are partners in real life as well as business partners. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about when you did come together? Was there a turning point mm -hmm. before the before the company was formed or before you decided, hey, let's do this in some sort of professional capacity? Do you remember sort of like that transition? Mm -hmm. I remember the moment we, I mean, the light bulb, but we, I kind of always thought it'd be an interesting idea. Um, as a business, but we weren't, it wasn't until we were walking around a farmer's market on a Saturday and which we would do almost every Saturday. And we were still thinking about how to supplement some income, get more freedom, you know, um, get off the road and, and just, not have to have music be our job. Yeah. And they were kind of burned out on that. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, we were just walking around this farmer's market and it was just a lovely day. And it just seemed, we just had this, this idea of, man, we could spend every Saturday here just selling our tea and, you know, making some income. It just sounded yeah. like a very pleasant thing to do. And, and, uh, and we thought you just showed up. And yeah. yeah. Like, I, you just, I honestly, <laughs> so naive. I was like, yeah, they just, you show up and Hey, I want to do this. And they're like, cool, grab a tent. Like that's, yeah. not, that's, <laughs> that's not, not how, how it works. works at all. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I can relate to that. Like, it's almost like a little bit of a fantasy. I think if you've been a performer, I live that, that life where, it can be a grind in mm -hmm. a way, like you said, it's it's hard to just cook, let alone eat healthy mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. Or when you're living in hotels or, you know, and um, 
And so the idea of like the simplicity of like having a place that you could go every weekend, yes. <laughs> you know, like what is that like, right? Yes, but yes. but building a business takes a lot more. Oh, sure. so. Yeah, it does. And I'm I'm thankful that no one told us how hard it would yeah. Really yeah. be up front mm-hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> totally. we probably wouldn't have done it. And hundred um, yeah. percent that blissful ignorance. I think that's the best way to. To do, do anything. I mean, even the way Allie and I started yes. our podcast, it's like we we just had this idea and this passion, right? I think mm-hmm. the passion element is so important. Mm-hmm. And then if you know what it's like, you know, <laughs> I think it's better to not know and just go in with pure passion. Completely. So. You have to love it because it when it does get hard, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning is you you had to believe in the Yeah. And I think it's so interesting, both of your experiences with what kombucha was when you first started drinking mm-hmm. it before you started making it. Because mm-hmm. similarly, I remember when I was first introduced to kombucha in college, mm-hmm. um, I knew it was this healthy thing that was good for you. But most people I knew who drank it, drank it after they would like party really hard for a mm-hmm. weekend. And then they would like go get kombucha. And, drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. But, um, this was, you know, 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. it was very different than it is yeah. now. So for anybody listening, can you talk to us about what kombucha is more than just a party drink or a meal replacement yeah. or mm-hmm. some weird hippie concoction? Totally. <laughs> so yeah, you know, one of the reasons why we started Better Booch was because we um, quickly learned the the real benefits of yeah. kombucha and um and felt you know anecdotally felt them ourselves yeah. in our own lives um and then started looking into it and, and fermentation in general is yeah. just incredible it's it's um it's so good for you it's naturally existing in nature and the more of it that you can get into your own system the better um so kombucha has probiotics it has beneficial acids um that help your liver detox and help break down, um, your food so that you, to cause, you know, to lessen inflammation so that your body's not working overtime to digest your food. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, everyone knows the benefits of gut health and, and probiotics and how probiotics play the role into that. Um, so there's also antioxidants from the tea itself mm-hmm. and polyphenols and, you know, different things that help, um, fight, free radicals in the body and just yeah it's it's pretty the more we learned about it the more fascinated and passionate we Mm. got about it Mm because it's just it's it's, it seems like yeah and we thought that um and we also learned that it could be quite tasty Mm -hmm. and um and we we thought well okay the difference between what we're brewing at home Mm -hmm. and what we can buy in the store is pretty vast on Mm -hmm. a taste profile um from that perspective, so we thought that maybe more people would be drinking it if they knew that it, it could actually taste really good. Um, and so we just wanted it to, yeah, to which reach seems, more people. I mean, it's amazing how today that seems almost obvious, but you know, seven years ago, even it was when we started, it was, uh, I mean, kombucha was just again this like really unknown thing. Yeah, where people there had weren't tried a lot of and, options. Yeah, yeah, didn't like it, and yeah, the light bulb was like, what, yeah. If people knew that it tasted good, more people would drink it. And now it's the yeah. third, third fastest selling beverage in the world. Wow. That's incredible. That is. Mm-hmm. But I still think, you know, because I, I, I love kombucha and I 
I love it so much and I feel better when I drink it. But, you know, my brother, who is so into fitness, works at SoulCycle, all this stuff, he's like, oh, like kombucha, gross. You know, and I'm like, you just, like you're saying, you just haven't tried the right. So I, I think there, it is like growing rapidly, but it always surprises me when I'm drinking it or talking about it and people are like, mm, it doesn't taste good, right? right? So Because maybe they tried it five years ago. Exactly, which is not exactly. the same as, yeah. yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit about, this is just sort of another thing, Sometimes around the topic of kombucha, especially in the press, um, there can be, you know, things like I remember there's like this big thing where it was like, don't drink kombucha because there's so much sugar in it and they don't sort of like, it's made with sugar. And how would you guys say like some companies I know do added sugar, some do certain juices for flavor, Mm -hmm. some you need that like part as a part of the fermentation process. Mm -hmm. So can you explain a little bit about that process too and the difference between maybe brands that like add sugar at the end or for flavoring versus what should someone be looking for, I guess, in the sort of like the best form of consuming this? Well, yeah. So basically, you know, to your point, fermentation by definition is the breaking down of sugar, right? right? So you have to start with some sugar. And the way we think about it is... You know, the kombucha starts with this initial batch of sugar and then it fer- ferments away. And the, the fermentation is what's, you know, the byproduct of that is the probiotics, it's the beneficial mm-hmm. acids. Right. It's, all the, it's all the benefits of the drink. And then there is some residual sweetness left over, you know, depending on when you mm-hmm. stop the fermentation. Right? Yeah. Um, so at Better Booch, we believe that the best way to brew kombucha is just by using teas for flavor. So that way you're only using the amount of sugar that's needed for fermentation mm-hmm. and that's it, right? Whereas other brands, to your point, add juice or purees or added sugar even. Um, yeah, but- and often and often those um, mechanisms are, and especially a lot of homebrewers do this too because um, maybe they don't know how to get a super balanced acid profile, so they have so they add a lot of juice to kind of cover that up and mm-hmm. mask it. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that's why people kind of do that. That's been the um, the go to is to add a lot of juice, but you know, juice does have a lot of sugar and actually because it's counterintuitive, but, um, when you're adding something with a lot of sugar to a raw product mm-hmm. that's live and continuing to ferment, you're adding more fuel for that fermentation. So right. actually you're, you're overfeeding the yeast portion mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, it's honestly a science experiment right. every time you, you brew a batch and, um, it's the same with like craft beer. Mm-hmm. Right. If you if you um, create an environment for a certain flavor profile to to grow, um, then that's what's going to come through. Um, and so so yeah, we've gotten around that by um, using teas, herbs, and botanicals, and then um, and then you're right that we do have a, we have our own proprietary culture actually, mm-hmm. which does create this bouquet of acids we call mm-hmm. it right and the bouquet of acids hit almost a whole palate on your tongue so it mm. becomes a much smoother drink yeah whereas a lot of other kombucha is mainly an acetic acid profile right mm, which is yeah. this very peaked acid almost like a vinegar right and right and that's kind of where they overcompensate by adding the sweetness or the, the juice to it because they're trying to 
offset that one flavor. Mm, yeah. um, but our kombucha, you don't even really, you don't have that peakedness. It's just a much smoother drink. You don't. And I, you know, I've tried a lot of your flavors and that's something that to me sets your kind of your brand apart because it, there is a noticeable smoothness. It's not very sweet, but it still like has flavor and is refreshing. And and I, I can notice that, you know, I've tried so many different types and I like a bunch of different types. Sure. And sometimes I like that kind of like acidic thing. But right. but what I really noticed is like a lot of people don't like that. And that for sort of like a general palate, mm-hmm. it's really nice. Like there, there's nothing really aggressive about yeah. better booch. Yeah. So right. that makes sense that like you use the teas and the botanicals because you can really, I feel like you yeah. can really get that in the flavor. Mm-hmm. Totally. And we, I mean, the, the big idea for us was like, we didn't want kombucha to be a chore to drink or something right. that someone felt like it was medicinal or anything it was like i want people to crave kombucha yeah, or want yeah. to drink it and then the, the health benefits are are a nice benefit you know yeah you know but it's mm-hmm. about the flavor it's about wanting to drink yeah it. and it's about um if you if it's a pleasant experience you're going to drink more of it you know mm-hmm. and the more the more kombucha in general that you drink we think the better yeah. um, because it's just really good for you so um so yeah and the other you know the other byproduct and benefit for us of not using juice is that we're able to keep the sugar content super low, right? right? The sugar and the calorie content low. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. that's we're the lowest of any kombucha. Yeah. So yeah, that's incredible. It is incredible. I think too, it's you know when when we talk about like the health benefits as well. Can you speak to what it? possibly can do to our body I'm sure there isn't like oh it cures all your diseases right we can't say that but I know from my own experience when I drink I I used to have like terrible um digestive problems Mm -hmm. and since I've added probiotics and Mm -hmm. fermented foods and kombucha into Mm -hmm. a regular part of my diet it's changed my life Mm -hmm. um so I know from myself how much kombucha helps me and even sometimes now, if I have an upset stomach, instead of going for ginger ale, I, I keep kombucha in my house mm-hmm. to have sips of that, right? So it's such a great replacement mm-hmm. for sodas or anything else totally. that we were told could help upset stomachs. Right, so right. Um, I know that's my personal experience, yeah. but mm-hmm. maybe you could speak to some of your personal experiences with it or what you've noticed You know, people respond to. Yeah. Um, did you want to go? Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, what's what I've come to learn is about the microbiome in general, mm-hmm. right, is that there's a hundred trillion microbial cells in yeah. your stomach, um, which is 10 times the amount of human cells, right. you know, there's like more bugs than I'm yeah. obsessed right. with the microbiome. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm but, but what's fascinating it. is it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's its own ecosystem, yeah. right? And in your, in your, in your body. And so, um, but other you know, different cells or different, sorry, um, different uh, bacteria can overperform or outperform right. at, depending on what's being fed to it, right? Like to Ashley's point. And so by introducing a blend of bacteria, which is kombucha, right, into your diet in a, on a daily basis, it kind of helps balance out that ecosystem mm-hmm. and make sure that there's some, there's some regulatory, uh, you know, uh, effort there. So basically, um, it just helps y- your overall system work better, um, because you're not you're you're establishing balance into mm. the microbiome by drinking it. Yeah, and then beyond that, um, and we're still we're really only talking about the probiotic benefit right mm-hmm. now of mm-hmm. kombucha, yeah. right? Um, there's so my other favorite thing I'll get into in a minute, but um, you know, as you were saying earlier, um, gut health is just. Um, just really now becoming yeah. a thing that people pay attention to. Right. And, and um, 
it's actually super powerful because they say your stomach is your second brain and yeah. and that um, if you have imbalance there, it it literally sends signals to your brain to change your behavior. Yeah. So um, and change your mood and you know that can affect everything in your daily life experience. Mm. Um, so to have a balanced microbiome in your gut is so important. And yeah. the probiotics in any form really, um, but also that kombucha com- contains um, really, really helps that. My other favorite thing about kombucha is that it's a super powerful antioxidant. Mm. And we've all heard this word antioxidant basically since we were kids probably. Um, but uh, what it really does is... Um, it fights free radicals in your body, and free radicals in your body can cause um, inflammation, and which can cause any other kind of mm. many other kinds of illnesses. Yeah. Um, so antioxidants and the antioxidants in kombucha specifically really help um, bring those free radicals back into balance, mm. so that um, your overall immune system can work better. It's just. One, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And one of the biggest benefits of kombucha that we, the reason I even got interested in it in the first place that is really not that advertised is that it's an alkaline forming mm-hmm. drink, right? It is acidic, but like a lemon juice in your water, right. it's like, it mm-hmm. creates an alkaline environment in your body. And so things like cancer, you know, it's proven they can't grow in an alkaline, alkaline. In an alkaline environment, yeah. right? So that's why it kind of got, my sister, for example, is a cancer survivor and she introduced me to kombucha and it was mm-hmm. for that reason. It's like, it's almost this preventative method of just keeping your body alkaline, managing your blood um, sugar balance and, yeah. Um, yeah, and helping with inflammation. We want to take a quick moment away from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Erica and I absolutely love these products and have been using them since December when CEO and founder Carly Stein was featured on the podcast. I use their bee pollen in my smoothies and love the superfood cacao honey. It is so delicious. But my favorite is the bee chill hemp honey. It delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I take it most evenings before bed or when I get home from activities to completely relax and sleep through the night. It also curbs my sweet tooth since it is so delicious. What about you, Allie? Well, if you know me, you know I love the propolis spray more than anything, but I also love the Beelixir Brain Fuel. It's a caffeine-free liquid vial with ingredients like ginkgo biloba and royal jelly that is really great for fighting brain fog and enhancing focus and concentration without the jitters. If you want to try Beekeepers Naturals, you can receive 15% off your order by using the code Courageous Wellness, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash wellness, which you can also find in our show notes. Now, back to the episode. I've read a couple books now on the microbiome because I'm a pretty big nerd about it and Mm -hmm. tons of podcasts on it. So I don't know where I read or heard this, but in one of the things I was studying, um, it was mentioned that in utero, the same tissue that becomes your brain, Mm. it it disconnects. You know where it was? Shout out to Courageous Wellness Podcast. Oh, (laughs) on our podcast. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sharon Brown, CEO of Bonafide Provisions. Oh, oh my God. That. Oh, my God. Thank you. So, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, we're like, on like I said, <laughs> when, you know, I'm in this, like, I'm so obsessed with the microbiome yeah. now that I'm like, where am I getting all this information? But, yeah, so Sharon Brown um, mentioned to us then, thank you, Allie, that in utero, the same tissue that becomes your brain also becomes your, your gut, right? Mm-hmm. That, so that gut brain connection mm-hmm. is so unbelievably important. Like you're mm-hmm. talking about like our immune system, our serotonin, like yes. everything lives there. And so even if you're like, Oh, well I'm fine or whatever to, to do something like drink a kombucha, which is you know, so accessible now to yeah. help benefit that like mind body connection. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so incredible. So anyway, I just loved when we learned that because yeah. I was like, that makes so much sense. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's interesting. It's just like a consumer, you know, I, there have been times where I have um, given up alcohol mm-hmm. in my life for mm-hmm. different reasons. Um, and it's a nice sort of like replacement for that kind of like refreshing mm-hmm. drinking a cold beer mm-hmm. or a glass of wine even um it, to me like I know there is like a little byproduct of alcohol in the fermentation process but, but trace very, amounts trace it's, amounts it's so it's, small yeah but it gives me the sort of same um sort of like it's it's like kind of nice sort of social drink too totally without necessarily same. without mm-hmm. necessarily like actually going for the beer same I gave up drinking for four months last summer and whenever I mean we're so lucky to live in LA and a lot of restaurants when I would go out and my friends Mm -hmm. would get a bottle of wine I'd get like a kombucha on tap and you still kind of feel like you're having that like delicious fizzy fun drink um and it feels good like when I drink it you don't feel feel like death after yeah Yeah, but it also like you feel like you might not feel like the headiness that you feel when you drink like a glass of wine or a beer but I feel it like I don't know I'm so weird you guys but I feel like I'm like I'm drinking all these little bugs and they're going into my gut and And I like feel them to your brain exactly and and you do get an uplift from it I I do I drink a kombucha in the afternoon every day yeah um because of that it feels like a little treat and it it makes me feel good and um and it's yummy, and I know I'm doing something good for myself instead of having a second cup of coffee, which I am really sensitive to caffeine, yeah, especially same. after like having my kid, and, I, yeah. and sleep is so precious that I just have, I've, ha- I've had to totally cut it out at times, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to your point, I when I was pregnant, I drank so much kombucha because mm, yeah. I would just... It, it, I didn't even feel like I was missing out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I didn't expect that, but it really mm-hmm. did sort of become my like, oh, It feels like, festive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and there's different totally. flavors and, you know. Yeah. Um, can we go into a little bit about your and Trey's entrepreneurial journey? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs in the wellness space and that's obviously not the focus of our, our show, but oftentimes, you know, products come out of people's like necessity in their own life or their mm-hmm. own health journey for mm-hmm. something. So to bring it back to when you guys got this idea, why was it, was it like, we want to form a business and this is what we want to do? Or do we really want to like, is it the product that came first or was it the mm-hmm. idea to be business partners that mm-hmm. came first? I would say that it was definitely, um, it was simultaneous. I mean, it was, it really happened together. Mm -hmm. Um, because we, 
we, like I mentioned briefly earlier, Trey and I both were separately touring musicians before we met each other. Um, And I was touring for four years and he was touring for five years. And that's just a lot of time in traveling and Mm -hmm. in an industry that doesn't have the best reputation for wellness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. Right? And, And wellness in a sense of like, not just physical body wellness, but like mental health and yeah. and strong um, connections with your community and like all of these things that make our lives happy and full, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we both kind of met at the same at a similar time in our lives when we were both kind of deciding to make a, a big change and make a big decision, and that was to move towards more whole life health, wellness and health um, rather than kind of just pursuing this this career that we had learned maybe didn't offer um, all of the things that we wanted out of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, so that was like thematic at the time uh, that we met. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then as Trey mentioned briefly, um, his sister, his sister's battle with um, breast cancer. And, um, you know, my father has, was very, very ill for so much of um, my life that, um, health and wellness was always very important mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and even to Trey. Um, he says he didn't know about wellness before <laughs> me, but he was pretty, I mean, for, for like an early twenties dude, he was very healthy. Um, and so we started growing this kombucha and we started playing around with different, um, teas and we were just looking for something, you know, because I'm sure as you've experienced, um, when you're in the music business, you either tour yeah. for money or you write like commercials mm-hmm. or like you score for films and TV. Like you're really if not you're a writer if you're yeah. a writer. So, um, so really in order to like maintain a certain lifestyle, you have to take a tour or you have to travel yeah. if you want to make a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, we were really trying to transition after that, out of that. So that was off the table for us. So we were like, okay, what else could we do, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we, um, like Trey said, we were walking around the farmer's market and we were bringing this kombucha at home at the same time. And we were like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something we are passionate yeah. about. This is a lifestyle that we could see really enjoying. Yeah. Um, and how fun to, we were like, I think we were eight months into our relationship, maybe seven months into wow. our relationship. And so we were, um, which sounds a little crazy. No, I was like, yeah, you're going into business. <laughs> but too. honestly, um, from from the gate, he and I have been like super strong. So we, we kind of knew um, that it was going somewhere special. And so um, we didn't really have any trepidations getting into business together. Um, and so, yeah, wow. the rest is history. How long after you started Better Booch did you like get married and like mm-hmm. like like what was how mm-hmm. is it because it was so early right in your relationship so now you're building this business mm-hmm. and, and nurturing relationship. your relationship mm-hmm. right yeah how how did that go and I know I just want to mention Trey had to head out to a meeting so you're gonna hear from Ashley now but um I just wanted to say <laughs> yeah. that so yeah, yeah we don't think she's like bogarting the whole conversation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um but yeah like how was that building both simultaneously so um I'm not gonna say it was easy mm-hmm. um it, it it is tricky to navigate um being in a relationship yeah. um and being business partners um and so 
so so timeline wise, we started Better Booch in January of 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we were engaged in 2013 September. Mm-hmm. So almost a year, mm-hmm. almost two yeah. years after. Mm-hmm. Um, and then married a year after that. And then a year into our marriage, so this is maybe 2015, so yeah, like three to four years, maybe a year and a half into our marriage. Anyways, about four years into Better Booch, um, we were growing and scaling a business, especially one that's a consumer packaged good where there's a lot of Mm -hmm. overhead and a lot of like manufacturing, Mm -hmm. um, issues. And you do have to like invest kind of beyond your means to then grow into and beyond that. Um, and so as I'm sure you guys have experienced, um, with starting this podcast, it is like it's a constant push and pull of like being a little uncomfortable with like the, yes. the extension and then growing into, and then working really hard to grow into, into that, that and then yes. you go grow past that. And then you have to get into that uncomfortable place again, if you want to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'd say that doing that repeatedly with better booch and with, within, um, you know, with that added complexity of being, I mean, romantic partners as well. Um, we did decide at one point that it was best to have some separation. Mm. So I actually um, left the business in a full-time capacity. He, he stayed full-time. I left in a full-time capacity to pursue other interests. And, um, you know, we still made major decisions together. And I yeah. was still kind of, like, involved. Um, but I wasn't doing day-to-day. And that was really helpful because at that point in our business... Um, it was just smaller business and mm. we didn't have as many employees as we do now. We didn't have as many different departments. I mean, Trey and I were kind of doing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, and so now that I've recently come back on board as of like a few months ago and, um, and it's in, and it's been honestly amazing. It's been so amazing. We're able to have a lot of separation during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing marketing and sales and he's doing, um, manufacturing and operations and he's the CEO. Um, and so I think in that way, it's actually been, we're able to recognize the things that do work really Mm -hmm. well about being business partners and kind of like also be aware of the, the, the potential problem areas and Mm, kind of like have really great communication and be honest with each other about those. And that's interesting that like over time you guys were able to ebb and flow and then define your roles mm-hmm. in the way that you needed to define them in mm-hmm. order for it to like function mm-hmm. to its highest and, capacity. And I think it is really incredible the way that you are able to like understand and prioritize your business and your relationship together and how that really fit you. Because I think a lot of times, so many of us, right, we just want to make things like fit just mm-hmm. because, well, that's like, we just need to make it fit, right? But you're like, no, maybe I need to like step away for a hot second and mm-hmm. do these different roles right. mm-hmm. because that's what's going to serve the business and our relationship best. Really. And we just had um, this woman on our podcast, Dr. Britta Bushnell, and she she's incredible. She does childbirth and relationships and life transitions. It's mm. an incredible episode. But, you know, she said something that really stuck with me about how, um, you know, in relationships you have your needs, the other person's needs. Oh. And, and then the, the, need, the needs of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your needs don't each don't align with the needs of the relationship, mm-hmm. but you have to make 
that align. And I was yes, like, wow, yes. as somebody who's also married and yeah. I do work with my husband and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like that really struck me. And I think that what you're sharing yeah. is a great example of that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's really, it's really fascinating. I think it's a hard thing to navigate sometimes, but also rewarding mm-hmm. because oh, you get yes. to share like you get to share the the sort of successes and and the failures mm-hmm. together, right? That but there's like a deeper understanding mm-hmm. too if you can make something work f- like in business that also can mm-hmm. work at home mm-hmm. that the person at home has a deeper understanding of what the thing that's going on in the business totally. is experiencing. Mm-hmm. And what do we all want as mm-hmm. human beings but to be understood by our partners? Absolutely. Right? And our peers and I think um being business partners allows us a deeper and greater understanding of each other's experience, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so I think, you know, respect has also been a big theme for us and mm-hmm. like respecting that the other person is, is, um, on top of it Yeah, is, um, at our, at our best, we do, we do a really great job mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. at our worst, it's like, um, we just have to check ourselves, Yeah, you know, and we've learned through being, you know, business partners and romantic partners, like in any relationship, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. How to like best communicate where we're at in terms of, um, you know, feeling like everyone's in the right place. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. I That's love cool. that. And, and so how do you now, right. As a business owner, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this thriving business, you know, a wife, a mother, right? A friend. You have all these different roles I'm yeah. sure you play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you figured out, right, how to take care of your relationship through that. So mm-hmm. how have you learned to take care of yourself? You know, like what is your personal mm-hmm. wellness? You yeah. know, self-care. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because you know, that's the lead domino, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have the capacity to be all of these things to all of these people and unless you are full yourself. And so, um, so yeah, it's been actually, I've only recently started to get back into like a workout routine. Mm -hmm. That's any, that's with any regularity. Right. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a learning process and it's definitely a practice. I I never, I don't feel like I'm ever like arrived Mm -hmm. at, um, a great self-care routine, but, I work on it daily, and um, so, you know, yoga for me is really important, um, and meditation, mm-hmm. even taking just 10 minutes every morning, like, forcing myself to do that has been hugely beneficial mm-hmm. for myself, for my relationship, for everything, for mental clarity, even yeah. at work, and, um, and uh, so those are probably, oh, and I have a pottery class that I'm doing. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, Trey watches the baby on uh, Tuesday nights so that I can go to my pottery class. Oh, and I, I love, love that. my pottery class because it's just something that I don't have to be good at. I yeah. can just go and play yeah. and, like, mess up if I want to or if I, not really if I want to, but mm-hmm. I just mess it up because it's hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> pottery is so hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, they make it look easy. I know. It it's like all smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Mine always looked like lumpy. When I took <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, so things like that, that, um, that fill me up, enable me to be, um, show up for my partner and for my baby and for my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question 
for you as someone who came from the arts as a musician, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really creative field, and now being an entrepreneur is also incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a different creative muscle, but it's still, mm-hmm. like, I find that it, it kind of flexes it still mm-hmm. in the way that you have to think. Um and that you're actually making something. Mm-hmm. It's like you're making a song, you're making, you yeah. know, you're making kombucha, whatever you're making, you're growing this brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you have any transition mm-hmm. or, I'm sure you had a transition, did you have any challenges or sort of like sense of having to shift that identity? Because I know oftentimes mm-hmm. um, artists, the identity. The identity thing is big. Like, mm-hmm. if you've defined yourself as an artist for the past 10 years, mm-hmm. and now maybe you're not doing it professionally anymore, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that part of you or those skills go away. Totally. So how how have you, how have you dealt with that, mm-hmm. I guess? Um, that's also a really good question. And um, I can tell that you understand that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, it's been gradual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when I made the decision to get off of the road and off tour, um, that was a major turning point because I was, you know, by, you know, by a lot of people's measurements, I was pretty successful mm-hmm. in the music industry, and um, and a lot of people would say, like, would love, would be like, oh my God, what a cool job. Right. Like, I wish that I could do something like that. And, yeah. you know, to me, it was, my experience of it was, of course, a little bit different. I, mean, I was so grateful for the experience, of course, but, um, but it was my job. Right. And, um, and so I just kind of, at any time I started to doubt my decision to transition into a new kind of um, vocation, I would just kind of go back to that moment when I decided to, to leave tour and the, the, I kept drawing the same conclusions, you know, I would think through, um, all right, what do I want out of my life? Mm -hmm. You know, I know I want kids. I know I want a a healthy like relationship. I didn't, I didn't know Trey at the time. Um, I know that I care and value, um, about I you know I value and I care about relationships with my friends and my family, mm-hmm. my community, um, and so what does it really look like to continue to pursue this path that I'm on? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm at a pretty as far as like backup singing goes. I had pretty much reached the ceiling as yeah. far as like mm-hmm. um, how far. I could push that. Um, so it's like, okay, if I want to continue doing this, what does that look like? Well, it looks like touring for big artists for forever, right. <laughs> basically, or transitioning off the road and trying to, to pursue my life as a songwriter, right? But um, but what does daily life look like? And, and I kept kind of drawing mm-hmm. these same conclusions of like, I don't know that I can really... Um, achieve those other things for for myself and I know other people have achieved those things right but for myself the things that I know fulfill me um I don't know that I can have those things while while also doing this job Mm. um so so yeah in that way but absolutely it's been it's been a journey to like um reconciling that identity shift um the other like really awesome thing about starting a business is that it has completely opened my mind to other possibilities mm. and opportunities and 
um, given me permission to pursue those and see where they go. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was involved in music my entire life. I I went to music school here Mm -hmm. in LA. Like I, um, I never really considered any other career path. And, um, the fact that better booch, you know, what we started as kind of a side business has now turned into like this big thing that, um, to be honest, when we started it, we had never, we didn't even dream that it would be this successful. Right. right? It's amazing. Um, and, um, I learned two things from that. One is like the, the value of persistence and consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other is that, um, there are other possibilities mm-hmm. besides just, you know, it just totally like blew that door right open. Right. Mm-hmm. You that know? you don't always have to be on like what you think you do. Mm-hmm. Like that we as humans mm-hmm. can do a lot mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. and whether they're professional or not, but yeah. like that we, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily, it's like, it's a hard thing, especially you know, going from the arts or, but like, it doesn't make you less of an artist. Like if you wanted to go sing tomorrow, you still could. Mm-hmm. And you I know, do. Yeah. Also. I, mean, I mean, I did like, um, Lollapalooza not too long ago mm-hmm. with, with some friends who were like, um, uh, performing and they were like, Hey, we need some, some singers. Do you want to come do this? And yeah. I'm like, sure. Um, so it's not like it's completely yeah. gone from right. my life, but it's just more selective. Um, and the other thing, um, I was going to say is that I made the choice to become a musician when I was, like, a kid, uh-huh. right? So then I was like, why am I holding myself to this choice I made when I was 11? Yeah. Right. Because you know? I'm a different, different. person now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to your point, there is so much creativity and entrepreneurship because yeah. you're constantly problem-solving. Yeah. You are, um, you are, you know, honing a message and, and finding ways to put that message yes. out into the world mm-hmm. And there are so many different ways, and you can be really creative with that, um, whether it be photography or video or podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So yeah. um, I think it's really creative, and I feel fulfilled in that way, too, you know? Yeah, that's so beautiful. That is cool. And, you know, it's interesting. We had another couple who run a business together on this, on the podcast, um, from a, a chocolate company mm-hmm. called Addictive Wellness. Mm-hmm. You may know them. Oh, yeah. But... Um, I saw something yesterday that um, Sage, he put up on, I think it was on Instagram, and it was about the fact that our every seven years, our the cells in our body completely like, regenerate. Mm-hmm. And so it's not only like we're literally made up of different cells, like a different person, yeah. but that we go through these transitions in our mm-hmm. life. And as you mentioned with like Dr. Britta's episode too, the idea of transition, you know, that, that's like a good point that you bring up is that we can constantly evolve and we do constantly evolve. Mm-hmm. And so why would we hold ourselves for the rest of our life to something that like a decision we made when we were a child mm-hmm. or yeah. even seven years ago or, sure. or even last week? Well, right. yeah. And I think too, it's so amazing. I love when you said like, I go back to that point when I wanted, when I was like, this was when I made that choice, right? You're mm-hmm. like, I didn't no try. I just, this was what I was feeling in my heart. And I think going back to like your own center and your own intuition Mm -hmm. is so important because I think myself included, like so many times we stay in situations or in jobs, careers, places with people because of like fear or internal fear or fear of what other people are going to think or Mm -hmm. not even like I'm cool with my identity I know I'm still an artist, but what about what other people think, right? And I think that noise from the outside 
can sometimes like choose our life for us. And then we wake up one day and it's like, whose life am I actually living? Living. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I loved when you said you were like, I I go back to that spot because I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. I, I feel that's totally spot on because, um, one thing that has, you know, been a big factor in Trey's and my journey as business owners and also as artists has been that um, really identifying if the decisions that we're making are based in fear or, Mm -hmm. you know, like what's going on there, kind of digging around and being like, where is the fear? And maybe we should pay attention to that because it probably means that we really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So kind of like not being afraid to like push a little further into that and see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like you were talking about the growth process before mm-hmm. too, even just from a, like from a financial point yeah. of view, as far as investing in the company and expanding, mm-hmm. but there's always like that sense of growing pains when you go through that. Yes. But, and that can bring up sometimes fear resistance. Like as you're expanding that other stuff just like comes mm-hmm. and, but to, to face it, Mm-hmm. To face it, like, head on and say, like, let's, you know, let's look at this mm-hmm. and, like, why. And so that you're not reacting or making either personal or business decisions from mm-hmm. that place. And that's something we talk about a lot. Like, we never want to make business decisions from a place of fear. Totally. Just like we, and, and when that comes up, to, like, go back to, like, what is the purpose mm-hmm. again? What, what is our mission? Yes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Trey and I are both really into stoicism. And mm-hmm. there's a really great book that... Um, kind of is a, is a good like gateway into stoicism. And, um, a lot of what you're talking about is, um, sounds like a lot of that philosophy. Um, but the, the book is called the obstacle is the way. Mm. Um, and it's by Ryan holiday. And, uh, so you can I love that title. What, be, yeah. what that could be about. Right? What is yeah. stoicism? So stoicism kind of, um, it, it's it came into popularity during ancient Roman times wow. and um, ancient Greek times when the um, is it yeah so the Rome yes Rome Roman times um, so Marcus Aurelius was probably the most famous Stoicist mm-hmm. um, Stoic and he has he was Caesar at mm-hmm. one time mm-hmm. at one point and so there are actual journals. Uh, that he wrote during that time Mm -hmm. of rule um, where he and his stoic advisors are kind of talking through like his um, role and his like it's Mm -hmm. such an interesting insight into the mind of Mm -hmm. like probably the most powerful man in the world Mm -hmm. at the time Um, so yeah that's stoicism and it's about being um, and it's about kind of it's very similar to like the Buddhist philosophy of non-attachment if you're familiar with that, um, it's kind of just like not letting anything swing you emotionally one way or the other, kind of like maintaining an even keel and, and, um, maintaining like an observer approach to not being your swayed. Kind yes. Of. Yeah. yeah. Like exactly. we, we both practice. We met through Buddhism. Buddhism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we are familiar yeah, we with practice. some of those concepts. But we yeah. practice a Japanese form called mm-hmm. Nichiren, but mm-hmm. it, yeah. um, that's so cool. Yeah. But there, there's a the concept, concept of, of not being swayed, of by, not your being swayed yes. by your obstacles. Yeah. Or your environment. Right? Yeah. And what I also think is so interesting is that um, this philosophy, this Buddhist philosophy, and this mm-hmm. um, Stoic philosophy kind of came 
uh, to into like the social consciousness around the same time That's in history. That's so interesting. That is really interesting. totally Different parts of the world, Because too. there was no communication. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like these ideas were just... The more I study, the more I realize like so many different, so many different types of philosophies, even religions, like at their core are so unbelievably similar. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just verbiage and language and people that really interpret in a way. (laughs) Different interpretations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you actually just answered a question that we always ask all of our (laughs) guests at the end, but I will throw it out there anyway Mm -hmm. to you because you might have another one. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there a book that has been <laughs> particularly inspirational to you? Mm-hmm. And it can be your personal journey mm-hmm. or your um, your business journey mm-hmm. that you would recommend? So, Love the Obstacles the Way. Yeah. Um, business journey, the book Traction mm-hmm. okay. is incredible for mm-hmm. anyone that is um, owning and operating a business. It's um, really helpful with like how to organize departments and kind of shedding some light on that. Um, personally, uh, I love Khalil Gibran. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, you know, I read some poetry, but um, I also just read fiction. I mean, yeah. I love fiction. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I love a good, I love a good fiction book, like with a great writer. Um, but yeah, as far as business books, I'd say those are like the, the ones that nice. have been the most educational and inspiring. And yeah, Amazing. thank you, thank mm-hmm. you so much, thank you so much for joining us today. And if everybody um, wants to find you or find Better Boots, can you tell us like where you guys are distributed, and then also where they can find you on the internet? Yes, so at uh, Better Booch on Instagram, um, Better Booch on Facebook. Um, betterbooch.com on the, <laughs> the interwebs um, and then distributed we're in um, we're mostly in the Southern California region um, Southern Pacific region I should say at Whole Foods um, we're available in a can um, and we're in Sprouts and Lassen's and Erewhon and um, you know all the yeah. natural markets um, we're in uh, Vaughn's Pavilions in um SOPAC region. Let's see where else. And then probably most little like independent juice shops and yeah. um, that's really where we got our start. So um, we're in pretty saturated in Southern California. We're um, starting to be up in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, we're at Buy Right and Rainbow Grocery and Market on Market, to name a few. Um, and then we have a few stores in the Midwest and a few stores in the Southwest region, but more to come. Oh, that's so exciting. Awesome. And then Amazon soon. Oh, great. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, for- thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.